Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita Ki Jai Sri Krishnas Kaviraj Goswami Mahashai Ki Jai So, we've been talking for a couple of days now, it seems, and um, this will be the last discussion we hold. Hello. And I'll try to be a little briefer because I'm tired. <laughs> it's an inner secret there. So the occasion of the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was a most auspicious event, and we've been discussing that from different angles. And um, in one sense, the principal uh, broadcaster of the significance of that was the, uh, in so many ways, dearmost of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Srila Rupa Goswami Prabhupada. And commissioned and blessed, if you will, as he was, by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he, along with his own senior and brother, and uh, Gaurlila, his senior, who was subordinate to him in Krishna, Lila Sanatana Goswami, and then his student, Shijiva Goswami, the nephew of the two, and, uh, and the other Goswamis, they collaborated together to explain the significance of the advent of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The book that I'm holding, we're going to read from tonight, is the uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita of Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami. It's one um, account of the life of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which is a, a framework, if you will, of the book, which is filled in with the philosophical, theological insights of Sri Rupa Goswami. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, as some kind of came up spontaneously. But I'd like to pursue that line of thinking a little bit with all of you. Here we have the, the, the principal, if you will, uh, biography of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Chaitanya Charitamrita, the last of many that were written about him. And they share different angles of vision. This morning we talked a little bit about the vision of Nityananda Prabhu his take or his perspective on, on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and, and the source of inspiration he was to others to give them encouragement, if you will, inspiration to express their insights, the multifaceted, if you will, jewel of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the significance of his appearance. If you hold it one way, you see it one angle and another way it reflects in another way and, and shines and so forth. Nityananda Prabhu was the one who gave everybody, in a sense, the courage. He's the one that came out, as I said earlier, and said, Bhaja Gauranga Kaha Gauranga Laha Gauranga Ler Naam. Ye Jana Gauranga Bhaja Sayama Pran. He began in, in Bengal. What he did to begin the veneration, the worship of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, was such that, among other things, it reached a point that it, would, it could attract the attention of Rupa Sanatan Goswami and so forth. They wanted to meet with him. They corresponded. They wrote to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So that the kind of what, what Nityananda Prabhu generated, the enthusiasm, and, the, and as I say, I mean, it's like Baladev, you know, he's in the, in the Krishna Leela, and, and, and Krishna has come, uh, you know, stolen away in the day that Balaram has to stay home. And every day, Mother Yasoda is saying, Baladev, you stay with this boy. Don't let him go to that Kaliya lake. Don't let him go there. So as soon as Baladev's elder brother, Daoji, and protector, and, and with the mandate of Jasoda, Mahi as well, beside his own sentiment, she is the pinnacle of Vatsali Rasa. So his friendship being tinged by the... And with her mandate, he, he made sure that Krishna didn't, didn't uh, wander in the vicinity of the poisonous Kaliya. But on the, uh, the celebration, it's kind of like a monthly head with a monthly celebration of the birthday. Some aspect of the chart corresponded with every month that they would have like a, a monthly kind of a birthday. So Baladev stayed home for that, and immediately Krishna went to the lake and you know, caused a ruckus. And so everybody, there were inauspicious omens. Krishna was in the coils of Kaliya, and the earth was shaking and lightning and so forth, and the people felt something wrong. wrong. Baladev, of course, Assured them, no, no, no problem, but anyway, we'll go down there and we'll see. So he knew. Somebody asked me to, somebody had written a, a children's book, apparently, 
for kids to read about Krishna. And at the end of one pastime, Balaram said to Krishna, or, or was it some of his friends or something like that, that uh, Krishna's God, but I'm not supposed to tell you or something like that. Or Krishna, Krishna tells Balaram, don't tell anybody, but I'm God or something like that. So somebody's asking me, does Balaram know that Krishna's, you know, God? Because the, the mood of Vrindavan is they don't know. So of course, he does know. And there's many, this is one example. Leela, he demonstrates that he knows he's not concerned. He knows the omnipotency of Krishna. In Brahmavimohan Leela also it comes out. When it sees the calves, the cows run to the calves, who are actually manifestations of Krishna, to give their milk. I mean, it's an f- extraordinary thing. <laughs> the cows are giving milk to their calves, and the yearlings who have been weaned some time ago come along, and they leave their calves and run after the yearlings. And Bala, they said, something's going on here. It must be the mystic power of my master, his vision, his, his shakti. He expresses some dasya bhakti there. So he has a mixture of these sentiments, dasya, sakya, vatsalya. So anyway, he knows. He knows, and sometimes he doesn't know, but he knows, he, he knows more than everyone else. He's in our Nityananda Prabhu, he knew that it's Chaitanya Mahap. He had no, no shyness about him to say, Other people are wondering, he's extraordinary, this name my pundit. They had flashes, they thought, he's so absorbed in Krishna, he, maybe he is Krishna. How can we think like that? We're devotees. They know that the jivas are not God. So they had this kind of confusion. They had to go back and forth, and they, and they would have a vision, and then they would doubt it, and, and so forth. It's all in the, in the course of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu manifesting his leela. And Nityananda came to the table and said, you know, to the four, said, well, this is what we do here. This is our leader. Bhajaga Uranga, Kaha Uranga, Laha Uranga Nam. He told us, Bhaja Krishna, Kaha Krishna, Laha Krishna Nam. And we say, Bhajaga Uranga, Kaha Uranga, Laha Uranga Nam. Ye Jana Uranga Bhaja, say, Amar Pran. He said, I give myself to that person who does Gaur Bhajan. I give myself entirely. I'm giving myself entirely to you. I'm at your feet. So he set the whole thing in motion. What is he doing? He's setting in motion this idea that this person, this young boy, young man, Nityananda Prabhu met him when he was probably about 20, 22, 23 years old. He's a young man in Bengal, and he's saying, this person is Swam Bhagwan. I mean, you have to think about it. That's pretty provocative and, and potentially controversial. And there are so many religious traditions that have been established for centuries, and they know who is Krishna, and they worship the different avatars. This is like, you know, we just, we just said a neighbor is God. You know, people would they were right. They, you know, they would think we were crazy. But so, Nityananda wasn't shy about this. He was sure. We started in motion, the worship of Gauranga. And then this gave everyone else the courage to come forward. It's his blessing that by which Chaitanya Charitamrita was written. It's his blessing, Vrindavan Dastakura says, by which Chaitanya Bhagavat was written, and so on and so forth. We talked a little bit about this it's at some length, his position and all. So this rippled down to, this, to, to the Gosamis also, the Ming and Ram Kaili, and they had hailed originally from their parents from the south. And, uh, it's a sophisticated, you know, South Indian Brahmin families and so forth. So they're not quick to change their religion. Once I was living in Lakshmanjula, just above Rishikesh, and we were spending some time there. We, we would go every day, every evening to this uh, Satyanarayan, Lakshmi and Narayan temple. And there were some Sri Vaishnavas who were taking care of the place. So we would come and we'd do kirtan. And uh, every night they would recite verses from the Bhagavatam in praise and other other texts. But they, they, they sang the two songs, these two verses from Bhagavatam. Jayam Sadaparibhaktam Vishadovtirtaspadam Shibanichinutam Sra. They had a different conception of it, but these are verses that speak about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that Sanatana Goswami has pointed out and, and demonstrated. Uh, so I, I'd hear those and I think we hear they're singing these verses, they don't know. But anyway, then a couple of them would come every night and they'd sing, and there was a young man who was the pujari, and so he would participate in our kirtan. He had never seen anything like that. It's like a, it's like a different religion. So when we were going to go, he said, 
can I come with you? We said, yeah, you know, sure, you can come with you, can you join us? He said, yeah, I really want to join with you. I really like, you know, your you know, enthusiasm and everything and your kirtan. And then we said, okay. And so the next morning he said, but I have one doubt. Do I have to change my religion to go with you? <laughs> you know, you don't think about life, but this is, you know, they, he, he's part of the Ramanuja Sampradaya, and it's, you know, lineage for a long time and so forth. And I remember we were in the South India at... Uh, Shubhadana Sringamarsa's Mahathamasi, which Mahathamasi was establishing in Padmanabh Tirtha there at that time. And so he had deities of uh, Radha Malavu installed, and he brought all these Madhva Brahmins to come and do it. They did like a whole day puja. It was very beautiful, making all kinds of patterns and colors and dyes and mantras and the whole thing. And so it was all finished, and we brought the deities up on the altar, and then we did Namkirtan. They looked at us like we were from another planet. <laughs> and they thought, what is that? What kind of worship is that? That's different. So this is, you know, now. So at the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, it was very uh, a revolutionary idea, kind of the religion of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu started by Nityananda, who was a madman. And still it was growing and getting, people were getting enthusiasm from the madness of Nityananda, but without any real much philosophy. Nityananda was not one of the big philosophers and in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, but like I say, we'll go to Rupa Sanatan for Siddhanta, we'll go to Nitai for Kripa, for mercy. We need that more than we, more than we need the Siddhanta. We need both, but so he encouraged the devotees that, that your sense about him is true and so forth. And so then it, the caste came, of course, to the Goswamis who were commissioned by Mahaprabhu himself the attention of Mahaprabhu was brought to them by the canvassing of Nityananda Prabhu. And so they took the task of writing about what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is. And there's these people in Bengal that are calling this guy God and Krishna. And so it's like, how are we going to sell this to people? <laughs> it's a big, it's a huge task they had. So they, they took the uh, Sanskrit language, which was the universal religious and intellectual language that all the commentaries are written in and, and so forth, that's not accessible to the common people. It's like, you know, the scientific language. You know, the scientists get together and they, and they do their peer-reviewed tests and whatnot, and they write something, nobody can read it or understand it, and, and so they just, we just believe them, well, they're the scientists, I guess they figured it out. So... Uh, this was a religious climate, not a scientific climate, and Sanskrit was the language. So anyway, they took what was Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, what they realized about him, and they wrote about this. We find in the Goswami's books, you know, some introductory verse praise of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then nothing about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They didn't write books about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela and so forth. They didn't think that what they had to do, that would be the best foot forward. They wrote about Krishna Bhakti. Nityananda Prabhu wrote about, not wrote about, but pushed Gaur Bhakti. They took that pushing of Gaur Bhakti, they imbibed it, and they said, if we want to sell Gaur Bhakti, let's push Krishna Bhakti. They went the other way around, which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was pushing. And we'll push it in a way that has never been pushed before because it's never appeared like this before. This idea, this is the verse I wanted to discussed from anarpita charim chirat karunayavutin karo samarpaitam una toja rasam savakti sriyam hari purta sundara duti kadamba sandi pitaha sada hridayai kundare kandare spurato vasachi nandana this is Rupa Goswami's verse it's the verse which he offers his respect to the deity presiding over his book Vidagda Mata which is all about Krishna Leela and Vrindavan there's not a worry about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in there except this verse here you have Chaitanya Charitamrita, all about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his life, everything. Chaitanya Bhagavad, Chaitanya Mangal, uh, so many others, so many books about his life. The Goswamis, they didn't write like that. They had another kind of idea in mind. It's not a different idea, but a different strategy. So they wanted to bring to the religious world this idea and, and sell it. Not sell it, but establish it. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, is Swayam Bhagavan. So they wrote about Swayam Bhagavan 
in a way that nobody had thought about Swayam Bhagavan. The whole our concept of Swayam Bhagavan. Krishna's too. Bhagavan Swayam. It's just a couple of words in one of the Puranas. But they, they took it and said, Goswami, these words, Swayam Bhagavan, Krishna's too. Bhagavan Swayam. We'll make a religion out of this. And it is the religion of the Bhagavad. And the Bhagavad is the essence of all these texts and so forth. And it, it wasn't really apparent to the religious community. I mean, you take within Vaishnavism, Ramanuja said zero about Srimad Bhagavatam. Absolutely zero. His main Purana is a Vishnu, a Vishnu Purana and then the Upanishads. Madhva wrote a, like a gloss on Bhagavatam a little bit. Nothing to speak of. These were the you know, kind of the predecessors to the Gaudiya Sampradaya, and even the Madhva is the connected to the Gaudiya Sampradaya, or Gaudiya is connected to Madhva, as we discussed a little earlier. So, you know, then you have well, you know, your Balabas. Balaba was a contemporary of Mahaprabhu. He got blessed by Mahaprabhu to give his tikka on Bhagavatam eventually. That's another story from Chaitanya Charitamrita. His emphasis on Bhagavatam is with the blessing of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So Mbarki, you go to the Mandavan and the Mbarkis are there and so forth and they give Bhagavat discourse very nicely. You know, looking at the tikka of Vishwana Shakutitakura, Sanatana Goswami and so forth. So they took this Bhagavatam and they showed the religious and theological depth of this book. It's unparalleled. It really is. I mean, this is objective truth and when you look at the major, you know, sacred texts of the world, they all have richness and, and value and so forth. But this is, like I said, I mean, in Christianity, what has been very powerful for Christianity, besides the, the selling, you know, of the, the miracle of all miracles, so to speak, in the pagan, you know, community of superstition and, and false miracles and so forth, the rising from the dead, this was like the miracle to end miracles and it's true and they sold it everywhere. And, but later on, that had some power, but you can see that's not going to have that much currency is forever. So they had to philosophize a little bit. Not a lot of philosophy there in the Bible, but you have your Aquinas, Augustine, and so forth. They were good theologians, but the major stress of their theology was to establish, uh, to exercise some logic as to the existence of God. That's not what's going on here in Chaitanya Charitamrita. That's not what's going on in Bhagavad Gita to establish the existence of God. This is a, a given. So they're talking about the nature of God in some considerable depth. And Bhagavatam with such richness exploring the theological possibilities of the, of the center, the enjoyer, holding the whole you know, circumference together. This, as I said earlier, for there to be a circumference, there has to be a center. The circumference is held together by the center. There's no meaning to the circumference without the center. The center is holding it together so that the circumference is drawn naturally to the center. That's Krishna. means irresistible, all attractive, ruling over, attracting, holding everything together by affection, by beauty, by charm, in a very subtle but extremely powerful way, ruling over all by affection. And in dog philosophy, you know, so much as not, you don't have to labor that much to convince people that God exists. You tell them about Krishna. <laughs> this explanation of the center, and people will be drawn in, charmed by that, whether God exists or not. And that ultimately that becomes, you know, Gaudi Vaishnavism is really about go to church on Sunday. That's what they do in Vrindavan. <laughs> but the real business is Krishna. Worship Narayan, we're thinking about something else thinking about Krishna. Where is he? When will he come back? Um, offer the food. This is their idea. So, rich text, the Bhagavatam. I mean, objectively speaking, our partisan you know, spirit aside, as much as we can step back from it, it's a challenge. We invite the world. Explore the depth of the Bhagavat philosophy. This is what the Goswamis did. Ramanuja, nothing from him. Madhva, just practically nothing. In fact, the four chapters that are so central to establishing through the, in the narrative, in the Leela, the position of Krishna, Swayam Bhagavan, are uncom not commented on by Madhva. And if later, people in the Madhva Sampradaya, looking at that, decided 
oh, these chapters, they must be something that's interpolated and extra added in. Madhva didn't comment on them. He didn't comment on them from our perspective because that was the position then of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's sect. So, Swayam Bhagavan, they wrote about Bhagavan. They wrote about Krishna. This was their strategy. Through the vision of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, what was Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's idea? And, and who is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? He is Krishna, that's true. But he is in the sentiment of Radha, so he's seeing Krishna like no one else. Whatever there is to be seen in him, she's seeing him. She's aware of that. Her love corresponds with him. Swayam Bhagavan is Radha's love for Krishna. That's what it is. It's, it's the tangible manifestation of that love in the form of the object of her love. It corresponds with her love. This is Achintya Veda Veda. The love of the devotee corresponds with the object of love, Krishna. And Krishna means the absolute truth who, it means like this, who becomes like your son. Stop it. Like that. In your hands, like your friend. Like, you know, troubled because he wonders, she loves me. He's, you know, taking a clover. She loves me. She loves me not. What do you think, Subal? She loves me. She loves me not. Yeah, I think so. So this means that the Absolute has become just a puppet in the hands of his devotees. So love is supreme. This is a well-reasoned love. So this is the message of Bhagavad. And this is as seen. I mean, Bhagavad is Sriman Bhagavatam. It means, Sri means the beautiful Bhagavatam. Bhagavatam means Krishna. So he becomes beautiful in beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So it implies the very title. It's called Bhagavad Purana, but the Goswami is like the title Srimad Bhagavatam. I mean, beauty is it's art in the eye of the beholder. So it means we're looking at Bhagavat here through the eye of the beholder, Sri, how she sees Bhagwan. That's what this book is about. And other thinkers didn't even have a clue that that's what the book was about. And, you know, well-established lineages for hundreds and hundreds of years, for centuries. And so these Goswamis have to come around and say, well, this is what it's about, and this is the person that personifies it. And so he taught, like, they took what he taught about Krishna, how he felt about Krishna, what made him what he was, what fueled him. And then they wrote about that. They wrote about Krishna Bhakti in a way that no one has written about Krishna Bhakti. And Krishna Bhakti is attractive. Krishna is an attractive person in the Hindu, you know, pantheon. But the way they wrote about him then, like no one had, a revolutionary idea. So this was their strategy. And then, so nice, because when they, they write about Krishna Bhakti, like the first Pranamdu Chaitanya, the golden god of Kali Yuga, and you know, thousands of verses about Krishna Bhakti, and drawing from the different Puranas and supporting their points, and from the Upanishads and so forth. And you read all about that Krishna Bhakti, you become... Wow, this is a Krishna Bhakti I never heard like this. this is what a, the, the idea they have here. And then all of a sudden it, it hits you. And, it, and this little pranam to Chaitanya, it all coming from there. And that's what hit Rupa Goswami. He said, Namo Mahaladanaya, Krishna Prima, Pradayate. You must be Krishna. Namo Mahaladanaya. Your quality is that you're Mahaladanaya, most magnanimous. Your activity is Krishna Prima, Pradayate. You're giving Krishna praying. You're giving the love for you by which you become conquered. And you're giving it out like water. This is extraordinary. Krishna Premapadai, Krishnaya, Krishna. Your name is Krishna. Chaitanya. Namne. Gortise Namaha. This is your color. This is your quality. This is your name. This is your Leela, your activity. My respect to you. You're Krishna. So, by reading the Goswami, you come in a very kind of natural way to the conclusion that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Radha and Krishna combined. Then you go to now Krishna's Kaviraj, the final book, if you will, among the in the terms of establishing the the basic uh, essential uh, texts of the of the Sampradaya, and he takes the Sanskrit of the Goswamis and puts it into Bengali. All the insights of uh, Rupa Goswami puts them all into the local vernacular again. He takes it back to the people of Bengal again, 
and the common people, if you will, and gives it to them. It gives them if, as if they needed it. They're already mad about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. <laughs> and he's ours. You know, he's our God. Whether whether the world accepts it, we don't care. You know. So anyway, he gives them all the support they could possibly want, all the reasoning, all the scriptural support, and so forth. I mean, this was. He put it in Bengali because you know so many people in Bengal, and, and, and it's, a, it's a common language. Even though the people who don't aren't Bengalis can speak Bengali, it was his native language, and so he was a Sanskrit scholar himself. So he comes back. This is like one, two kind of punch, and uh, in this way they are establishing who is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, what is the significance of his advent here. The wonderful, this wonderful book Chaitanya Charitamrita. He cites here this verse. It's a verse of Rupa Goswami. He's marveling at the extraordinary event of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance. He wants to say, this is like headline news. Have you heard this? Do you know? Rupa Goswami wrote the verse. He put it in his Vidagda Madhava as the verse that glorifies the deity to whom the book is dedicated and then all about Krishna. Not a word about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chaitanya Dev was in Puri, and Rupa Goswami had come there. He was staying with, with uh, Haridas Thakur. And Mahaprabhu came with Ramananda, Surup Damodar, and other literateurs, sophisticated gentlemen with uh, learning, and uh, they were men of the arts, and uh, very refined from a material perspective. They were very refined, of course, deeply spiritual. They were rasikas in a spiritual sense, in the Orasikas, in, in an ordinary sense, they knew all about drama and how to write in poetry and subtlety and bring out different emotions and, and so forth. You know, they were the, you know, the Hollywood people of the time, you know, influencing the public through the power of the, of the media and so forth. And so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu brought them, they were big people. And Ramananda Roy was, was worked in the government and so forth. And anyway, so he brings them to meet this beggar, Rupa Goswami. He says, I want you to meet someone. And he's written nice poetry. And what, what to speak of his poetry, his handwriting, he said. His handwriting is like rows of pearls. So it is to see the handwriting, I, I, I'm enamored. But what to speak of what he's written there. So come, and I want you to meet him. And so he says, I brought some friends of mine. Tell us some of your verses. Rupa Goswami shyly cites one verse or another. I believe Ramananda says, Oh, this is very, very nice poetry and you know, deep. Tunde, Tundavli. Oh, that's, this verse he cited. But, oh, what to do? My dilemma. When Krishna Nam dances on my tongue, I need thousands of tongues to take advantage of these two syllables. When it enters my ear, I need thousands of ears. When it dances in my heart, I, I can't function in relation to the world. They all praise the verse, its composition, the form of its composition, of course, and the substance then of, of it. And someone asks, where is the verse that glorifies the deity to whom your, your drama is dedicated? And so Rupa Goswami is a little shy, but he cites the verse. Mahabhava became very upset. When Krishna is describing this event in Antilila, he says... He's in the middle of describing it, and he says, sometimes the Lord's devotees may make some fault, but he doesn't take it very seriously. And wonder, What's he talking about? How does this two verses like this fit in here? But when Rupa Goswami gives the verse, which is this verse, glorifying Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu becomes very upset. He says, this is, this is just exaggeration. He's saying this about me. On his face, he becomes offended by the verse. Meanwhile, the others are all this. Yes, that's very nice what you said there. Kaviraj Goswami has taken this verse and he placed it in his Chaitanya Charitamrita, in his Mangal Stotram. And it's the Ashirvad verse. It means the verse with, to which he gives a blessing to his readers. It speaks about the rarity of the gift of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, what he's brought to the world, how significant it is, how we should, time should stop, you know, and uh, everyone should pay attention to this. There's no more significant event in human history, is basically what he wants to say. Anarpita, chirim, chirat. He says, such a thing has never been seen before. Such, uh, in Kali Yuga, such a kindness also. 
Karunaya Bhaktin Kulu, Samari Pritam, Una Tolsu Rasam, Savakti Sriyam. He is given the brightest jewel of Bhakti Rasa that he himself exemplifies. And, you know, basically may the people be blessed by this. What he may, may he who has given that to the world take up his residence in the cave of your heart like a lion. And a lion lives in a cave, but he roars loudly. So may the lion, Singha, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu reside in the, in the cave of your heart and from there give you inspiration to speak loudly about this event to human society. Let them know such an extraordinary thing has happened. Such a contribution to the religious and uh, spiritual community, the likes of which we've never seen before. Krishna has taken the Bhagavad verse and put it here. So in fact, he's blessing the readers, the idea is, with the vision, the, the realization of Rupa Goswami as to who Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is. That's what he's done here. The Chaitanya Charitamrita is sharing with us the heart of Rupa Goswami, how Rupa Goswami saw Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Therefore, like I said earlier, when I read Chaitanya Charitamrita for the first time, I thought, well, this is incredible. The Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu is in here. The Bhagavad Gita is in here. Srimad Bhagavatam is in here. All the main texts, they're all in here in an essential way, distilled, the distilled essence of these texts. Such an accomplished uh, work, a scholarly work, and he put it in a common language. So he's giving all that Goswami Siddhanta about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in simple language. He makes a point in his simple Bengal, then he cited Pramana verse from Bhagavatam, from Bhaktivarasamrita Sindhu, mostly from Bhagavatam and so forth. Hmm? Putting it in the common language, taking it back what they took, the feeling of the common people generated by Nityananda Prabhu, they took it and gave it to the more sophisticated uh, religious sectors and so forth and sold this idea. They didn't, they, they didn't sell it, they just pushed it. But with reason, logic, scriptural support, inspiration, and you have to listen. They forged their way. You have to listen. They forged their way. They established the Chaitanya Sampradaya. And then in their wake, Krishnas is taking it and just giving that to Siddhanta to all the common people. So they never sway from the sentiment fostered in them by Nityananda's enthusiasm. They're supporting it with philosophy and theology and any common language with simple examples in the context of telling the life story, if you will, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. She took from the notes of Sarup and, uh, and, 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 and the Raghu of Sarup, Raghunathas. He's taken some liberty in the book. And Mahaprabhu Kohe, Prabhu Kohe, he said this. But Krishnadas wasn't in South India for the tour. Uh, what news he got from there? A little bit here and there. The it, details of every event and the conversations that took place and, and so forth. These weren't in the notes of Sriptamala and, and Rai Ramananda. But he took the liberty to put the Goswami teachings there. And in a sense, in his, as I say, he, he's showing us Chaitanya Mahaprabhu from the perspective of Rupa Goswami. And that is a full picture of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He had that kind of confidence. How Rupa has seen, as Narutam prays, what? Sri Chaitanya Manovishtam Stapitam Nena Bhutale Svayam Rupakadamayam Dadati Svapadantikam. When will the, the understanding that Rupa Goswami has in his heart? of who Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was, what his significance is. When will that come in my heart? When will I know Chaitanya Mahaprabhu really as he has understood him, as he has realized him, and as a result of which he has given in such a substantial way, shared, explained? When will that come to me? This is Narottam Thakur's prayer. This verse is speaking about that. I mean, Rupa Goswami wrote, Mahaprabhu was shocked to find out the extent to which Rupa Goswami had understood him. His mind was reeling. When Mahaprabhu would sing a love song from the secular text, Sahitya uh, Darpana, perhaps a secular Rashastra in Rathiyatra, he basically sang a love song. You know, like he sang a Beatles song at the Rathiyatra. She loves you, yeah. <laughs> you know, people, what the hell's wrong with this guy? You know, it's just the Rathiyatra here, you know. Oh, Jagannath, you know. 
maybe he's a little liberal here. He's come out of his, you know, off his altar. He's making himself available, but that's going over the top. <laughs> Something like that. Rupa Goswami was quick to point out what his thinking was. And this speaks also as to the universality of Krishna consciousness, if you will. You can hear the Beatles songs and hear Hare Krishna right in there. If you have that, you know, or whoever. Basically, in a secular love song, if you found the whole of uh, the essence of bhava of, of Radha, and perhaps to conceal it to some extent, such, a, such an audacious thing to be broadcasting this. But Rupa Goswami wanted to point out, this is what he's about. So he wrote his own verse describing what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was thinking and feeling when he was singing that love song. And he took it and, and, and he put it on the bulletin board, like he tacked it on the roof of the, of the straw you know, hut, the, the kutir that he was living in. They didn't have like, you know, printing presses and newspapers, but he wanted to make it public. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saw it and said, Psh, he tore it down. What is this? He slapped him. He said, you've written this about me. And then he had to admit, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> how did he know this? How did he, how did he, could he understand this? He must have got it through Sarup. I, I, Sarup knows. The later Saki knows. He must be under her. This was his uh, extraordinary position. And, and Krishna's Kaviraj wants to share that vision of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that is the, f- the fullest picture of what it's about. Appearing in the heart of Rupa Goswami, and Narutam's praying that that picture may come in my heart. I may actually understand what is Unozosa Rasam Sabakti Sriyam. And of course, this is the Anarpita Chirim Charat Karunayavatinakolo. I mean, he, he said, it's all explained in what, the third chapter. Second chapter, he's explaining Krishna's two Bhagavan Sayam, that Krishna is the source of Narayan. At the very end, he starts to say, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna, is that same Krishna. And he says, people may see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as an incarnation of Mahavishnu. Who's he talking about? Maybe the Ramanujas will go that far with the Madhvas, he said. And that's okay, but it's not very flattering. It's not saying what Rupa Goswami sees and understands in him. It's some picture of Mahaprabhu. It's not objectionable, but it's not very flattering. It's leaving much to be desired as to what his advent is about, what is the significance of it. What is the meaning of his ecstasy? The underlying import of his ecstasy. That we are to speak about. And then he goes on in the third chapter to explain this Mongol verse that we're citing, speaking about at some, some length. And then and he goes further to other verses, going deeper and so forth. But this is the beginning. And in Rupa Goswami's verse, he says, Not for a long time or... Never before has this been given. We think, well, wait a minute. There's uh, the sages at Naimisharanya, they, in, in Dandakaranya, I should say, they were worshipping Ram, but they were, they were worship, actually, they, excuse me, they were, they were chanting Gopal Mantra, worshipping Krishna. They wanted to be the wives of Krishna. Some, you know, forest dwellers have this idea. And um, so Ram came through the forest in his leela. There they were meditating, and they could identify that Ram was the, was the same person. So they said to him, you know, you're the answer to our prayers. I think we were chanting Gopal, and you came in this form. And so, anyway, we want to be your wives. <laughs> he said, hey, I've only got one wife. That's my policy. Ek Putni Brata. I've taken a vow for one wife. This is Ram Chandra. He said, so I'm sorry, I can't help you. But hang on, keep meditating. <laughs> and, and I'm going to come again in the next yuga. I said, okay, well, we'll read a yuga for. They had some idea what it was about, what it, the, 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 it was worth waiting for to become wedded to Krishna, was their idea. They had some idea about it. So he says, I'll come in the next yuga. Then at that time, you can join me. Then they were able to take birth in that yuga as sadhana siddhas. But what they got, that is not what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was given. So no, something more than that. That was given, but that's not what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give. In terms of the brightest jewel of Rasananda. After all, if you have become a consort of Krishna, 
you have a competitor and a tough one. Do you want to compete with her? If you can't beat him, then this is the Goswami's policy. Join him. We'll join her. This is their way in, so to speak. This is the brightest jewel. They came to give this idea. How It's very extraordinary. Radha knows Krishna like no other. She tastes whatever there is to be tasted in Krishna. Krishna marvels himself, is the whole idea of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, at what she sees in him. He wants to see it. He can't see it. It's not accessible to him. He came as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to try to do it, and he had trouble. His body went into contortions, and so he's trying. Rupa Goswami is showing how to do that. It's very nice, indirect way, he said. We'll attach ourselves to the bhava of Radha. We become the servants of Radha. The conjugal love of Gaudiya Vaishnavism is really dasya bhakti, Radha dasyam. To become a dasi of Radha, then you taste her experience by way of attachment to her. Otherwise, this is impossible. So this is the, the possibility of assuming a position that otherwise is, is, is unattainable. At the highest reach, So he said, this, we've never seen anything like this before. This is a very high theology. But it's not just, you know, their enthusiasm for their, their deity. They've played it out in, you know, so many texts with so much support of scriptural logic, scriptural citation, and so forth. As I said, they wrote about Krishna Bhakti in a way that no one has written about Krishna Bhakti. They got it from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when they got the inn. How to find your way there. You know, you can find your way anywhere along the line. You can settle into the Braj Leela in, in Dasya, Sakya, Vatsoya, Madhurja. But the point is of here this that the highest reach has become available. This is revolutionary. Huge contribution. So it is this verse then that speaks about the rarity of that and how it's like uh, you know, we're connected to the Gaudi Sampradaya with a proper guru, that's, and you should think, I just won the lottery. That's it. What you will do with it, you know, that's like almost secondary. You're just overwhelmed with the fact that you won it. I won. And of course, you have to spend that good fortune, good opportunity. And that will ultimately determine your wealth. Money in itself doesn't make one wealthy, right? It's how one spends it. One could look like a real fool by misspending the money. If you give it in charity, then people think, oh, he's a wealthy person, for example. He's rich. Uh, or there may be other ways. So but anyway, the value of money is only how you spend it. So you have a valuable opportunity. The world does. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give this opportunity. And we are connected with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Sampradaya. So the news here is we should try to take advantage of that and open our heart, let him reside there and get the courage, the lion-like, he uses this term, courage to roar about it everywhere. <laughs> and drown, and the idea is drown out, this is the idea of Bhakti Sanchasitaka, drown out all of the theistic conceptions, which may be good in and of themselves, but in the face of this opportunity, they pale. And therefore, I'm not against them, but I'm against the idea of anybody getting anything less, or at least being offered it. Let him know that it's available. They drink from the cup as deeply as they like, but... Let me make it available. So this is something about, uh, anyway, our lineage and the significance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the eyes of the Goswamis. I don't want to talk too long, as I said, so I'll stop there. Any question? Yes? The addition of Rupa Goswami and uh, the Goswamis and all the scriptures and all these things that have been written uh, back in that culture so many years ago, I mean... Isn't that just kind of over everybody's head? It's over mine. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I'm still swimming, though. And it's just really pretty much over everybody's head, don't you think? Um, it's pretty lofty theological uh, thought, and it's um, very uh, you know deep spiritually. So there's some place for... Taking the, the course of Nityananda Prabhu, for example, we talked about this morning a little bit, and you know, making it simple, you know, kind of Prabhupada, kind of empowered by Nityananda Prabhu, kind of make it simple, can be happy, you know, and so <laughs> forth. So that, that has value. 
and so on. But as you chant, I think, then these, do you find these topics interesting? Certainly. But sometimes it's a little bit overwhelming. The thought of trying to explain that to somebody else, that you bring them here for that, you know, we'll try. But <laughs> it's oceanic, it's, it's, it's fathomless. But that's what we do as devotees. We, we talk about those things and try to get some... It's like if you're really sick and you, you know, like say you've been in India and you, you got amoebic dysentery and you, you can't eat anything, you can't keep anything down, then if you go to the Ayurvedic doctor, what will he give you to eat? He'll give you a spoonful, a tablespoon of ghee. He's kind of just going to vomit that immediately, such a rich food stuff. You know, maybe he'll give me something really bland and really simple, you know, some some soup, you know, watered down. I get a little nutrition from that. You know, here, you take a spoonful of ghee. Why? I vomited up immediately. That's true, but it's such a concentrated food. It has such value that a little bit will stick there. Even a little bit stick, you'll get more than a whole, you know, liter of the soup or something like that. So, yeah, we're drowning in the richness of the, of the you know, the... the Distilled butter essence of of the milk of religious life, you know. So we taken the, they're taking the milk and turned it into butter, and from butter turned it into ghee, and it's like whoa, this is so. It's a little overwhelming, but it's it's a uh, something will stick in all these kind of gatherings and discourses, and that would be good for us actually, and um, it will help to solidify us in our spiritual practice. So. It's the, it's, the, it's the rich and elevated legacy that we, we have, so we should try to share it and discuss it. Common people in general are hardly even interested in spiritual life, so you can't begin there. Therefore, Jari Dako Tare Kaha Krishna Upadesh, Amaragne Guru Ha So, you know, you become the guru of Anderson Valley and, you know, and uh, tell them, just drink milk and chant this mantra. And <laughs> your life will be sublime. Get the milk up there, you know, <laughs> up on the hill. You know, something like that. So different types of outreach, they all have their, their validity in, in place. So anyway, yeah, it's, it's all nice. So we've gathered here and everyone couldn't stay for the whole event, but I appreciate everyone who's come. We, you know, we, we take... Care of our people. That that's that's a, that's a, that's the fact. So, try to get involved. Now, um, here you know you're here, Brahma. So you know, your mother recently passed away. So this, uh, she was how old? Ninety-seven and a half. Ninety-seven and a half. And the last so many years, you took care of her. How many? About six, four, or five years. So, four years and. Uh, you know, nice lady. She took beads from me. She would chant maybe you know every night a little bit on her beads, right? Every every night she would. I could, she was deaf, so she was loud. You know. <laughs> so she would say the Our Father, and she would say bless everybody in the family, bless him, bless them, and then she would chant two or three rounds of Hare Krishna. Nice, yeah, yeah. And I spoke with her from from Central America just briefly, just before, and then when she was in the hospital, before passing away. So. I felt, uh, you know, I, I knew her. She brought her here a couple of times, and I feel her that, you know, that she has a future and a present, but more so a future in Gaudi Vaishnavism. So, and I, I bring it up because this little package here is, is that's clover there. <laughs> that's her, you know, that's where we come, you know, in one sense. That's also an important message. So, that's why I say you should think, I'm a sadhaka. More than I'm a father, or a mother, or you know, a doctor, or a lawyer, Indian chief, or whatever. You know, this is what I am primarily, and that other thing has to become the background. I'm a tea maker. I'm, a, I'm, you know, I'm a carpenter. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I'm. That has to become the background. It just kind of goes on automatically, and then the foreground is this. I'm a sadhaka. I'm not a, not liberated, but I'm not a conditioned soul either. I'm in between. I've got this unique status. This opportunity has come to me and so forth. And don't worry in pursuing that. Who will take care of me? Who will take care of me? Don't worry. We do, but we should uh, we'll take care of you. you know, here, so I told Brahma, you bring her ashes here. We'll, I'm building here. It's just in here right now, but I'm actually building it out there. 
I'm building it here and sending it out there. But there's a grove out here of redwoods where I'm going to make a Pushpa Samadhi for Prabhupada and for Pujapa Sridharmarsh also, which would be the first in the world. It will be the only true Pushpa Samadhi of Prabhupada outside of India. Yes, I have the flowers from the original garland of Prabhupada when he was put in Samadhi in Vrindavan, and that's what you use to make this kind of like a satellite Samadhi. So I've been saving them all these years for a place to, you know, to establish that you know, outside of India and so forth. It would be a place of pilgrimage. For sure. So anyway, then I want to make one for Sridhar Marsh also at the same time, which is, makes a significant point from our perspective about Prabhupada and who he is and, and what his company is, is and so forth. So there's a place for that. It's going to be outdoors and, and it's going to be a deck and there'll be an indoor place to go and so forth. And the redwood trees will be coming up through the middle of it. So... It's all planned out, as I said, but we, we asked to use Prabhupada's language. We're separated by time and money from that's all. So it'll be the crowning kind of uh, project here to build. That's a, I have the whole idea. But anyway, so I want to take her ashes and I want to put them there in that grove also. Uh, you, I hope you'll put me there and you put all yourselves there also. We make it a very like powerful spiritual place. You give your whole life with such fire for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that your body just turned into ashes. <laughs> and all your material sense of the ego and it just disappears. And we put them in the ground there and, and get energy. The future generation get energy from that place. They burn themselves up in the fire of Chaitanya <laughs> Mahaprabhu's uh, the significance of his appearance, trying to, to sort it out and deal with it and uh, and the good opportunity that uh, was afforded them as a result of it. Here they lie, and I can just you know, t- t- you know, pay my respect to the to the remains there. So, even in a small contribution, a small participation in this, we get get notice. Clover has small participation, but it's it's even such a big thing. Point is, that small little bit of participation is becomes also big, notable, and so forth. But those of you who know more, then you have to show more also. Show that you know and give yourself. Inquire, as I said, in such a way that it translates out in that the answer from your inquiry, which is, a, which is out of a sense of urgency and spiritual necessity, that it translates out into, into seva. That is the, the prashnena turns into seva. Real submissive inquiry. You, so do you understand? Yes, then just, Washing the dishes, you've understood, yes. It's not just some high philosophy we want, but to do something for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and do something for ourselves. So, let me ask all the devotees here to come with me. We'll go and put ashes in the, that grove there. We'll chant some a little bit, uh, something. And then you think about what I said. All right, then we'll come back here for the Abhishek and Arti. Mahaprasad. Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Ki Jai. Shri Gauranga Mahaprabhu Mahaprabhu.